to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We've been talking this week about righteousness and what it means to be righteous and how you get to be righteous. And and I guess what brought this whole thing up was a question that a person asked me, can you be righteous without being sinless? And the answer to that is obviously no, because if you had to be sinless, nobody could be righteous because we were all sinners and all have fallen short of the glory of God. And we are righteous because of faith in Christ, that we put our faith in Christ and God pours out his grace and God says, you are righteous. No man can tell us that. No man can tell us that we're not. God himself is the one who says that we are righteous. Which brings us up to what I want to talk to you about a little bit today. There are people who hear that and say, well, well, Pastor Richard, Pastor Vince, you're just saying that we can do anything we want. We're, we're saved by grace. We're, we've got, we're righteous because God says we are, and now we can do whatever we want. And that is not what we are talking about. That is not what the Bible talks about as part of grace. That we are now saved by grace means that we have the Holy Spirit and we can now live the life that God would want us to live. We do not live according to the law. We live according to the Spirit. And in Galatians chapter 5, most people know Galatians 5.22 when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, but a lot of people don't realize that immediately before that, he says, you have a choice to live by the sinful nature or to gratify the desires of the sinful nature or to live by the Spirit. And he says... Live by the Spirit in verse 16 in that chapter. So I say live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the human nature for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. So we have a choice. We can live according to our own sinful nature or we can live according to the Spirit. Not that we say, well, I can do whatever I want now. I am saved by grace. I can do whatever I want. Paul writes to the Galatians. He says, you're not saved by the rules. You're not saved by following the law. But now that you are saved, live according to the Holy Spirit. Which basically brings me to this thought that just dropped in me. Scripture says, awake to righteousness. So once one is awakened to righteousness... And then the latter part says, and sin not. And I was led to Romans chapter 6, verse 1. It says, and I got a subtitle here. It says, dead to sin, alive to God. That's what it means to be awakened to righteousness. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? 
Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many as us were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were baptized, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So that's what getting a revelation of righteousness is. You're starting to walk in newness of life. Remember? He knew, who knew no sin was made sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God. So we have to get a, get a revelation of who we are in Christ and start walking in that newness of life. Again, we said it yesterday, we said it the day before, if God declared us righteous, that's who we are. So now we got we to gotta start learning how does a righteous person live. And over in Romans 1, it says the righteous live by faith. And Jesus said, have faith in God. And God in his word are one, so... We have to believe what God says, receive what God says, and live out what God says. So if he's declared us righteous, by golly, literally by golly, we're righteous. And it comes with benefits. Being in the right in right standing with God has its privileges. You know, you're you can operate in newness of life. You can operate now where Adam fell in in the garden. Because Adam had fellowship with God. And now through the redemptive works of Jesus, we now have fellowship with God, those of us who have received him. That's why the scripture says that we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Uh-oh, he said we should. That tells me a lot of people may not, but but you should <laughs> see we're we're no longer to be conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we know a lot of Christians are still conformed to this world. And again, I hear them all the time when they're concerned with the issues of the world instead of the issues of the kingdom. We hear them; they'll argue down Christians about politics, about stuff that politicians are doing, knowing that you're supposed to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God. And I always tell people, I'm only on the side of God. And we know no political party has a lock on Jesus. <laughs> oh, come on. God's, God's for Democrats. No, no, no. God's no, for Republicans. I thought he was for Republicans. God's no, for Republicans. No, no one political party has a monopoly on Jesus, on the kingdom of God. So, again, when the scripture says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, a righteous person knows well, I represent the kingdom of God now and whatever God says. And here's, here's another thing about the kingdom of God. It's not a democracy. You can't come in there and vote on what God said. <laughs> what he said is law. You can't vote on it. Well, I think it means this. No, it is what it is. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Well, let God be true and every man be a liar. Yeah, it See? is. And it doesn't matter what everybody says. If God says something's true. But, you know, when you talk about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, how do you have your mind renewed? It's through the word. It's if God says something, it doesn't matter how you were raised. It doesn't matter if you were told something all of your life. When you become a Christian, if God says the opposite, you need to change your thinking. You don't try to change God's mind to come around to your thinking. You renew your mind by changing it 
to what God says. It's interesting you say that because at midweek Bible study last night, we spoke about that. Because, you know, people in authority have told us things that is not necessarily true. But because they were an authority figure in our life, we just took their word for it. And, again, I talked about that last night, and I broke it down real simple. I know a lot of us grew up believing that Santa Claus was real. Because our parents told us there was a Santa Claus. And then when we got older, we found out, hey, there's no Santa Claus. Mom didn't put those presents <laughs> or the Easter bunny. So, and again, you're a devastated kid when you tell them it ain't true. <laughs> so just tell them the truth in the offset. So a lot of things we heard from people, our parents or even pastors or spiritual leaders, it may probably wasn't necessarily true. But once you get the truth of God's word on it, and you need to cast that lie down and replace it with the truth. That's the be being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You now have the mind of Christ, and you're thinking in line with God's thoughts. And remember, he said something in Isaiah. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts. So we need to bring our thoughts up to God's thinking. And time and time again, Christians aren't doing that. We want to... Bring God down to where we are. And he says, no, you're in my family now. You're in the kingdom of God. This is how we think in the kingdom. Well, you know, so many times there are people and Christians among them who think that somewhere in the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. The Bible does not anywhere say God helps those who help themselves. In fact, Mm -hmm. we are to humble ourselves before God and he will exalt us. We tend to, when we're... That comes in where God helps those who help themselves is really the idea of I've got to do it. It's all up to me. It's all about me. It's all about the way I do things, the way I think, what I think is right, what I think is wrong. Me, 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 me. I've got to do it all. And that is not what the scripture says. You know how many men I talk to who know that the Bible says the man is the head of the household. They don't know anything else about the Bible. They don't know anything about where it says that the man that we are to treat our wife as Christ treated the church, that we're will, should be willing to give our life up for her. But they know somewhere it says the man's the head of the household. Well, what that means to them is I get to lay on the couch watching TV and snap my fingers. Bring me a beer, woman. Bring me a sandwich, woman. Well, it also and says. And they they say that's what God says, but that's well, not. Well, again, God Richard, says. when I when I hear stuff like that, I know you have not so learned Christ. I know you're not a student of the Scriptures, because the Scripture says that we're heirs together of the grace. Well, they of God. don't know anything else <laughs> but that one thing. But but uh, I'm just saying, as a spirit filled believer, you're commanded. Jesus said, "If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you should know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Well, again, when I hear comments like that, that let me know you didn't, you're not continuing in His Word. Your mind is not being transformed. You're still conformed (laughs) to this world. Because who taught you that? Because He sure didn't teach you that out of the Word. Or somebody, that authority figure, taught you that back in the day, and you're trying to bring that into the household of God. And He said that don't jive here. It doesn't work here. Or people take another lap around the mountain. An eye for an (laughs) eye and a tooth for a tooth. So that means I've got to get revenge on everybody. But the Bible doesn't teach that. It says vengeance is mine. He said, if your enemy's thirsty, you give him a drink. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Yeah, so basically, back to righteousness. We're righteous because God declared us righteous. 
And again, I that comes with so much. That comes with just so much. We just got to get the revelation of righteousness. And it goes back to this whole idea, though, that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How is our mind renewed? It's by the Word of God. We have got to know what God really actually says, because you may have grown up your whole life believing that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Your family might have been one of them that held a grudge. You might have learned from your family you hold a grudge, and boy, it might take a while, but you're going to get even with somebody sooner or later. Well, you know what? Our mind needs to be transformed from that, because that is not right. That is not what God teaches, and you may have believed that your whole life. And yet now it's time to change your mind. It's not time to try to change God's mind. It's time for you to change your mind about how you will act toward those who misuse you, who do things that you wish they wouldn't have done. And that goes back to our whole life. There are so many things that we have learned and believed, and that's just the way it was. I know people that really actually do believe that God loves Democrats more than he loves anybody else. I know other people who think that God loves Republicans more than anybody else. I thought he loved those, He so loved the world. God doesn't have a political party, right? Yeah. You know, I, I tried to explain this to somebody just a couple of weeks ago. The U.S. Constitution isn't in the Bible. Democrats and Republicans aren't mentioned in the Bible. The U.S. House of Representatives isn't mentioned in the Bible. The U.S. Senate isn't mentioned in the Bible. The U.S. presidency is... God had a kingdom and has had a will long before the United States of America was ever even envisioned. And yet so many people in this country think Christianity started with America. And Christianity hangs on what Americans do. And Christianity hangs on what Republican Democrats and the president do. God was here before the United States of America, and he'll be here after. And his word was here before us, and his word will be here after. And we've got to get an idea about that, because there's too many people in this country that think all that God is doing hinges on us. No, well, we got to realize Jesus came to reestablish the kingdom of God. And, and he said, the scripture says, unto us a child is born, a, a king gets given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And that go- unto that government there shall be no end. And then Jesus came in Mark chapter 1, four, verse 14. Scripture says he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He came to, again, reestablish what was lost. So his system, a kingdom, represents a system. That's God's system. And it, like you said, it was here. It, it was, it is, and it still is to come. It, the Scripture says it's going to endure forever. To the end of his kingdom, there shall be no end. So our jobs as Christians is to get in line with the kingdom of God. And again, when we put so much focus on what's happening in our gov- in the nation's government and not the kingdom government, I know Christians, and I know we're getting on another subject, they know more about what's going on in the nation's government and the government that they're really a part of. You're really an ambassador for Christ. There's a ministry in our community. They changed their names to, to embassies of Christ. You know what? They have a revelation of who they are. Yeah, and because that's who we are. The scripture says we're pilgrims here. We're sojourners. And we're ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors for Christ. And we're, we're here on assignment. 
Well, see, I We're know, here on the side. I, I know Christians <laughs> that sit and watch MSNBC all day long. Right, 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 right. I know other Christians that sit and watch Fox News all day long. They could tell you everything that's going on in the country. They could tell you everything that's wrong with the country. They could tell you whose fault it all is. They don't know anything about what the Word of God says. They spend 10 hours a day watching MSNBC or Fox News. They spend all day long thinking about those things, talking about those things, and then they'll tell you, I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to spend in well, well, that's what I just, I just really don't have time for all that, Pastor. That's what righteous people do. They study to show themselves approved. They fellowship with God through his word. Remember, in the beginning was the word. The word, the word needs to become flesh in you because that's how you're going to get a revelation and you're going to get transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to, Jesus said, eat, eat on me. And he was speaking about the word, feed on the word. And if you're not doing that again, I, I see Christians all the time, man. I go to their houses. They're watching reality shows instead of watching the word or reading some biblical. Well, you're probably going to get the word of God watching the Kardashians, right? Uh, well, you know what? Faith Maybe comes by so hearing and, or in receiving the word of God. And if you're whatever you're sowing into your spirit, that's what's in the deposit of your heart. That's what's going to come out. So if you're sowing the kingdom of God and kingdom principles into you, that's what's going to come out. Now, I, I am not saying, and I, and I hope everybody listening, that you should not know anything that's going on in the country. Oh, yeah. You, you should, should. Turn Cause, the news cause, off. Because now not, you're going to know how to pray. Not know anything that's going on. What we're talking now about, though, is pray. what do you think is important? Do you think that it's more important to spend 10 hours a day watching the news? Or do you think it's more important to spend 10 hours or 2 hours or 1 hour reading the Word? Well, and, not just reading, meditating. Right. Speaking the Word. And so, praying for folks. So where where is our priority? If I no longer want to be conformed, and this goes right back to what we were talking about, if I no longer be want to be conformed to this world, why am I listening to this world all day long? If I want to have my mind renewed, if I want to be renewed or transformed by the renewing of my mind, who should I be listening to? What should I be spending my time and my attention on? If I want to be conformed to the world, if you want... Anybody who's listening, if you want to be conformed to this world and be just like everybody else, watch MSNBC or Fox or Kardashians or reality TV for 10, 12 hours a day. Just go ahead and do it. You might as well do it because if you want to be conformed to this world, that's how you do it. But if you want to be renewed, you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, you got to do something different. You've got to now put your mind and your heart toward God. you got to do what righteous people do. and They, they, they fellowship and commune with God. Uh, God, through the Holy Spirit, gave Joshua the key to, to win the whole city. And Joshua 1, it says, This book of the law, referring to the word of God, shall not depart from you, but you shall meditate on it day and night and observe to do all that's written in it. So then you will make your way successful or prosperous, and then you will have good success. So if I want to make my way prosperous and have good success, according to the word of God, I need to not allow it to depart from me, and I need to meditate on it constantly. And not only meditate on it, observe to do all that's written in it. So I gotta be a doer, not just a hearer. Then he say, I'll make then I'll make my way prosperous. Jesus said, He who hears my word and does them, I'll liken him to a man who built his house on a rock. So that's what righteous people do. Righteous people actually scripture says Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Righteous people believe God. Well, where can I find God at? I can't go here or there. Well, I can find him in his word. I can find his thoughts and his 
his character in his word. And here's something about the word of God. A lot of people kind of water it down. The scripture says in Hebrews, the word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. This word, just the entrance of his word, the scripture says, brings light. Yeah, and our spirit, man, it loves the word of God. It loves the fellowship of the word of God. So you have to feed on the word day and night. And it'll change. It'll change what you think. It'll change your whole image. And I always tell people, God, can, you can do little for God if you got the wrong image. And the, the word of God is designed to transform your image. It'll make you believe you're righteous. Like they say, stay away from that church. They'll brainwash you. Well, I've been brainwashed by the word. <laughs> It'll wash all that mess out of your brain. It'll wash all that crap and that garbage out of you. That's what the word does. Yes, it brainwashes you, and I'm a victim, but I'm I'm a joy. I'm glad to be brainwashed by the word of God. Well, you know when we when we come to realize that we are righteous because God says we are that that really righteousness in that sense means that we're right before God that mm-hmm. that we have Jesus's righteousness given to us so that when God looks at us, he sees his righteousness. It changes our whole outlook on life. I'm no longer a victim. I'm no longer a slave to sin, but that I am now, I have God's righteousness. I have Jesus's righteousness and I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And once again, when we say God can't do that, or when we say I can't do that, more specifically, I hear people say, I can't do that. I don't, I don't think I could ever do that. I don't think that there's any hope that what we're really talking about is God. What do we really think God can do? Last night in our Bible study, we were talking about worry. And when you really believe what God says, there's no place for worry. It's when we don't really believe that God can do something that he said, that's when we're worried. Now, all of a sudden, I have to to worry about my children. I have to worry about my health. I have to worry about my finances. I talked to somebody the other day, and they said, you know, I've just had so many setbacks here in the last couple of years. So many things have happened to me. I've got so much to worry about. There's just no way that I cannot be worrying. And you know what? The only way you could come to that conclusion is to think that God can't do what he says, that God can't take care of your health. He can't take care of your finances. He can't take care of those things. He's not going to be sufficient for those things. And if you think that he's not, boy, you really do have a lot to worry about. Well, well, what did the scripture say about worry? See, I always want to go back to what did God say about worry? Do not worry. Right, right. Don't worry about your life. He said, don't worry about your, what you should eat, what you should drink, what you should wear. Yeah, but people say, I got so much uh, to worry about, Pastor Vince, you're crazy. He said, but the Gentiles, this is stuff they do. People who are outside the covenant, they worry about something. He says, but your heavenly... I only got a dollar in my wallet and but, I got to make it till next week, Pastor Vince. But your heavenly father knows the things you have need of. You say even before you act. So he says, with that, seek first the kingdom, God's way of doing things, and all things will be added to you. So if you're worried about all of that, that tells me you're not seeking first the kingdom. And, and someone who's seeking first the kingdom, they allow the word to transform them by their knowing of their mind. So if you're still worried as a Christian, and you're an older Christian, supposed to be mature, and you're still worried about life's situation and conditions, you've have not so learned Christ. Your faith is not really in God. Your faith is in the condition, the situation. And remember, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. 
in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. God desires to direct. What decent father, responsible father, don't desire to, to direct their children's lives? Yeah. And provide for him. Yeah, a decent father. And if you, being who you are, know that not to give a stone to your son when they ask for bread. How much more would your heavenly father give good gifts to those who act? And again, that's why you need to know what the word says, because when times come, you need to be meditating on the word of God and casting down every thought or suggestion that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Because that's how the devil works. He works through your thought life. He's going to shoot a thought to your life. You're not going to make it. It's going down. Look at the circumstances. You and only you have can, a dollar, and there's no way you're going well, to make well, now, it. Now, the scripture says, now, you got to look unto Jesus to often finish your faith. How I look unto Jesus, Jesus is referred to as the word. I look at the word. The word says, I'm going to replace that thought with, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I have given, so it's given to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running up. I've given cheerfully, and my God makes all grace abound towards me. I got to release that out of my mouth because death and life is in the power of the tongue. I got to, and God only watches over his word. So when I declare his word, he's obligated to bring it to pass. But you know how many <laughs> Christians that you hear, they say that, they know that, but then they go right back to worry. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of them. <laughs> I know one personally does that. But you got to, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, continue in my word, we continue speaking it. Even though it looks negative, you keep speaking my word. Because he says, heaven and earth may pass away but my word shall endure forever. Well, I have a, because I'm righteous, I can speak his word because I'm in the family. <laughs> I can speak for daddy. All right. Remember? Well, in Philippians chapter four, he says, in everything, prayer and thanksgiving, give it unto God. And then the peace that passes all understanding will be yours. Too many people give it to God and then they wait about five minutes and the circumstances don't change. So they take it back. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, I, I'm going to, I got a dollar in my wallet. I got to make it to the end of next week. So I'm going to give that to God. I'm going to come to him in prayer and thanksgiving. And then about a half hour later, they remember, wow, I only got a dollar in my wallet. And they go to worrying again. And then they wonder why they don't have peace. Because that that verse really says that you come to him with prayer and thanksgiving and then the peace. So if we take that worry back on, that peace is never going to come. You know what? God can meet your needs better than you can ever meet them. I'm, I'm recollecting the children of Israel in the wilderness. There was no Taco Bells, no Kmarts, nothing out in the wilderness. And God led them there on purpose. And he fed them every day. And he kept no, them. I he, think he, he fed they were probably he kept them Chinese food to it, go it, it, or pizza or something. Here's the thing, Pastor. They were out there with no Kmarts or Walnut, and they had plenty of money. Because remember, before they left, they went to their neighbors and got their gold and stuff. Couldn't spend any of it. But God still met their needs. Now, that's not a cute little story. That story is for our spiritual enrichment edification to let us know if God so take care of them, he'll, he'll do that for us. Amen. That's what we got to speak. I guess this is going to wrap it up for this segment of Faith on Fire. We hope that this broadcast has been a blessing to you and it ignited your faith on fire. And uh, join us again from next week. We'll be back with the same broadcast. And remember, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.